Hi everyone, my name is Ben Selinski and welcome to the Great Design Lead Podcast. I am a Webflow developer and UI UX designer. And right now I am a fresh driver, so watch out on the roads. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way that you took that one. But uh, yeah, thank, thanks for coming on, Ben. We uh We've been friends for for a little while over LinkedIn, so this is actually the first time I'm hearing your voice. So this is really fun for me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, it's fun for me too. Um, uh, actually, it's kind of um, maybe this is kind of a new normal. Um, this post COVID period that you don't uh, you know see your see your teammates, uh, see your friends. But Absolutely. it's good that at least we can hear each other's voice. <laughs> so I was really excited to talk to you because I think that um like your your background is really interesting. Like the projects that you have on your website are really interesting. I uh always do a lot of research on people before they come in. So uh I think that what I found there was cool too. But uh if you wouldn't mind, I think it would be fun to kind of um, start start at the beginning. Um, do you feel comfortable telling me about like where you grew up and where you're from? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, so I'm from Warsaw, from Poland, um, and I was born in Warsaw. I grew up here, so uh, twenty six years in the, in the same place uh so far but uh but yeah um i i grew up in poland it's a well it's an interesting country i mean it's obviously like it has its uh its drawbacks like many like eastern european country after you know like communism period um some stuff are difficult that are not difficult in <laughs> in western countries so yeah it's it's an interesting experience to uh grow up in eastern europe like in general i think um but uh, yeah so it's it's been worse of poland for me uh, 26 years but uh we're looking forward to uh move to a different country soon so uh, may might have different experience in a few years from now. We'll see. Yeah. So, uh, so you spent your whole life there. When, uh, I mean, this is kind of a question I I ask a lot, but uh, I think that it's really interesting how everybody's response is. But um, when when people go into the career that they finally feel like they they belong in, that they are really passionate about. Um, sometimes you can like draw back on um, uh, things from your childhood that you're you were really interested in, uh, passionate about that you kind of like naturally move towards. Um, what kind of things were you really interested in when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I guess it's um, it's it changed a lot. I mean, it's, um, you know, as a kid, you, you kind of sometimes you tend to get super excited about the thing. And then the next month you end up being excited about something totally different. 
um, <laughs> but like in general, um, I think uh, music was one main thing because uh, my dad was a huge, I mean, still is a huge uh, music fan and music listener. We have tons of records at our family house. So it's kind of, you know, it was a natural thing. Then I picked up playing guitar and I still, I'm still playing with the band today as a, <laughs> as a, you know, mind, mind refresher. Uh, after hard work so uh, so I guess music was one main thing and I was generally like drawn to um, to kind of creative stuff um, so like I wasn't much into drawing painting or stuff like that that could be normally probably more associated with the design but you know I, I was always into um, again, like music, um, like plays, theater, acting, stuff like that. So I always kind of, you know, um, I've always been seeking that creative, um, that creative part in things, I guess. So that was I, like one constant, constant thing throughout my childhood. I saw a picture of you um, at your your high school talent show playing a guitar <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell me a little bit about that yeah, <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> um wow you did a lot of research uh, <laughs> so mm, yeah i was very fortunate to have a super cool um uh, high school basically um because we mm, like we we had a sort of community in our high school that um, was like a group of people who really wanted to um, just do fun creative stuff and the teachers were cool enough not to interfere too much so um, so you know it was like an awesome setup to be in and we had a lot of a um, lot of several festivals and the photo from this particular one um, was from the from the music festival, um, and I I can't remember like the tune I played, but I think it was something from from the western movie. Uh, Saw so, your cowboy hat. Yes, yes, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's the backstory. <laughs> I was uh, like, oh, he's one yeah. of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's been it's been very fun, um, and I always enjoyed performing on stage. Like I, I haven't played many concerts because like playing music was always a hobby rather than than a thing I would consider as career uh, going forward. But uh, yeah, I always enjoy that didn't have much of a stage fright or stuff like that that i kind of do <laughs> i i don't know i i i used to be really shy um earlier in in high school and then i started doing plays and stuff like that and that really changed a lot in like how i interacted with people like if i was brave enough to go up and talk to somebody and stuff like that did that 
like performing and stuff like that impact kind of like your personality and how you interact with people yes yes definitely um i would say i would say i'd probably have similar maybe experience uh i mean it's it's music not not theater or plays but like i think the logic is the same that you you kind of um you go to perform and you feel like um like first you feel like you're getting into a role so you're kind of it's it's not that serious anymore because you're kind of playing with it but at the same time you feel like um you know you don't have to uh you know like come up with some conversations and stuff like that but you still feel feel like there is an interaction going on between you and other people but it's not verbal right i i used to see people like uh play guitar or uh sing in front of a big group of people and i just remember looking at them i'm like how how do you do that like they just seem like a different species of people than me that they could like get up and like perform and have the talent to do that i, I just always found it really really cool so when i saw that picture i was like oh he's one of those people <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i can't i can't sing to save my life so. <laughs> <laughs> me neither yeah, I'm- I'm just uh you know interacting with with sounds. Um, when uh when, when I uh so I have a lot of friends that are from Eastern Europe and um one thing that I noticed that was kind of different than how I grew up was um kind of like high schools and schools in general. I have a uh, a friend that went to a um uh a high school that was like all about architecture like it was like an architecture high school and then i had another friend who went to a school that was like it was it was like a like a public school but it was for like athletes and i it's just very strange because in in the u.s like there's um uh there's like magnet schools but there aren't a lot of schools that are like just about this one topic so i was just curious what was your high school like did you get to like pick what you wanted to study did that kind of impact uh what you want to do after high school just what was that experience like outside of uh music and stuff Mm -hmm. so um like my high school was like um from the organizational point of view it was like a typical public polish high school so i guess that if you want to kind of go to a very specific um like very specific school it probably has to be private at least in Poland but among public schools you have um like you have obviously you know like different routes depending on the classes you want to take um i was just uh <laughs> i was just doing the uh anti anti math anti scientific <laughs> class <laughs> which has you know um, everything else <laughs> than uh, <laughs> in short um uh, but actually i think um like the downside of it is that you don't really like as a 18 or 19 year old 
like you you need to um like you need to make a big decision right like going forward deciding on uni and kind of you know shaping up your first career steps and honestly you have no idea at this moment like um and partly because the system um doesn't give you much perspective that we totally didn't have uh opportunities to like interact with other students or to know uh that this type of uh studies uh requires this and this and how the careers can shape up after this and you just don't have enough context to make an informed decision um in my opinion and uh, that's kind of how i ended up studying law <laughs> it wasn't an informed decision uh it was rather something that uh, like mm, seemed like a logical next thing if you're on a non-scientific path and uh, i had no plan b and no awareness that there are other options basically i discovered that there is a thing called ux design during my fifth and final year of studying law so that's quite oh, late wow. i would say <laughs> but better late than never so what i i wanted to talk about this with you like I guess you said that choosing law was kind of like a, a logical step for you. Was there any other thoughts behind choosing law? Because there's, I don't know if this is like much just my perception, but like there's so much of it, which is like, I don't know, just studying a topic and, and like doing so much research into it and we used to do, um, obviously this is not the same thing, very different scale, but like, I remember doing like mock trials in, in, in school and stuff like that. And just even like learning a little bit about the structure of it in terms of how a trial works. And, um, uh, and then I started learning a little bit more about like documents and, and like all that kind of stuff. Um, what were your thoughts when, uh, before you even knew about UX, like, what did you think your life was going to be like when you decided to study law? That's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, like to to answer why why I would say it's it's a logical next step. Um, I think that I don't know how, like how much uh, kind of you know. Polish thought patterns <laughs> go into it, but um, but like generally, uh, if again, like if you're um, if you're not into uh, like maths, chemistry, stuff like that, um, your choice, like your typical uni choice, is between um, either language, like linguistic stuff which uh, like I wasn't particularly like good at or I wasn't enjoying it anyway. Like I still struggle to uh, to learn 
languages. Uh, the only one I I learned enough to be able to communicate uh, is English. So that's a good one. It's a good choice. That's yeah, a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can talk to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, this is one option. Um, then there's like there are lots of studies that um, are interesting, but it's kind of hard to get a job around those topics like afterwards after you finish and uh, i was always you know this uh practical and res and uh, kind of you know practical responsible logical guy <laughs> so i i nat naturally just rejected all of them <laughs> um and uh and the law you know was like like a last resort, you know, like you eliminate everything else and uh, <laughs> and what is there, right? Um, like I I think I, I, I would be an okay lawyer uh, because um, it's like it requires a lot of, a lot of like analytical thinking, binding things together, a lot of things to remember. Uh, but uh, I, you know, it it wasn't exciting uh, throughout all this. I just, I just, I think I didn't have plan B, and I didn't have enough awareness at the time that there are different routes, and you, you kind of, you don't have to be logical and plan all those steps all the time. You know, uh, like sometimes life can twist or take an unexpected turn and that's okay right but i needed a few years to to realize that problem i uh, don't know if you if you had like the same experience um in your life that you you kind of you have a moment when you discover that uh like you you don't need to plan so much stuff just the other day, I, uh, I, I do that often. Like I, I, I always want everything to be taken care of, and any loose strings make me nervous. I, uh, I often find myself like clenching my teeth because I'm like thinking about something. I'm like, how am I going to pay for this? How is this going to happen? I'm like going through my head of like all the ways things can go wrong. And just the other day, I was like on my exercise bike, and I was just by myself thinking through everything. And I was like, you know, like Emily, you're in your twenties. Just chill out it's supposed to be this way <laughs> like you're gonna be okay you don't have to know everything 24 months ahead of time <laughs> yeah but um uh just curious did you ever feel like the the same pressure that a, a lot of people feel of like um uh your three options for life or like lawyer doctor engineer do you ever, did um, people ever because that's, that's kind of a thing in the US <laughs> <laughs> um, actually it's a thing I I think it's universal I'm, I'm yeah it's kind of a generation thing isn't it like um, it's it's more like uh, at least I feel it's it's more like a generation 
view of our parents and maybe our grandparents rather than specific countries. Uh, the way you know the, the way way to look at those uh, those jobs, but I didn't have it honestly because uh, I didn't have that pressure from my parents, which was mm. cool. They they didn't pressure me into into law or into uh, other uh, safe routes. Let's call it this way. But uh, yeah, it, it was just. Um, it was just one of those, one of those uh, things that you know you kind of you kind of get into it knowing that you won't particularly enjoy it and and I remember like the constant feeling throughout the whole studies that I don't belong here mm. and it was like with me honestly like pretty much every day that. I don't like I don't belong here like okay I can I can be good at it I can do it but I know like it's it's not for me like you feel this uh, you, you don't have to um do a serious thinking about stuff like that like if you don't belong somewhere you just don't belong you feel it. what was that first week like in school of uh, uh of of law yeah um it was weird because uh i guess i guess i guess the biggest weird thing was me realizing that people can attend like normal everyday classes in suits <laughs> so <laughs> and i i'm probably the most uh you know anti suit person you'll ever meet like <laughs> just 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 the other day we had we had a wedding um of uh of my friends and uh i was you know um i wouldn't say forced but uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of um you know it's it's a good taste and a sign of respect to wear a suit there <laughs> and i had to uh drive like all the way to my parents house to get that suit because it wasn't used in, <laughs> in a long while so that is funny so when you say like that you you didn't belong there like there's a couple different ways to take that i could take it as um you didn't feel like you were like everybody else there you could take it as um i don't want to be here or you could take it as um, something is missing. How, what does what does that mean to you? Like I I huh? I shouldn't be here, or I don't belong here. Honestly, I think this is a mix of all the things you mentioned. Like you you feel all this at the same time. Like sometimes one hits you harder than, than the other. So sometimes you can feel that, um, you know, I don't want to be here. But sometimes you can feel like, uh, like you just, you know, you're just kind of uh, wondering <laughs> how you end up here. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's a mix, honestly. Uh, I think it's a mix of 
And you phrased that very well because I I certainly felt uh, like everything you said uh, throughout those few years. So uh, so yeah, but I I kind of made my peace with it, I guess, because I I had a period like um, right after transitioning into design where I was like really angry at myself and thinking like, wow, I've just, have I just wasted five years of my life? Uh, and it took a bit of time to kind of uh, stop seeing those years as wasted years and kind of make your peace with it. Uh, so in, in a way, in a way, that's a good experience, I would say. Sometimes, like, I mean, I I can kind of relate to that in, um, uh, this is, this is totally different, but, um, I, I felt a lot of regret and feeling like I had wasted time. Um, I used to be like very insecure about how I, how I looked and, and I used to spend a lot of time, like just worrying about it. And, um, uh, I, a couple of years later, I became like more okay and, and fine. But I looked at those those years and I was like, "What was I doing? Like, <laughs> like what? Like I I I look at old pictures of myself and I was like, I, I, there wasn't anything to be that worried about. I don't know, like what? But yeah, it's a little bit of like trying to accept it and being like, I wouldn't be where I am now if that didn't happen. But the only thing I can do is like take what I learned then and and try to apply it to something else is going to happen because there's always random stuff that comes up in life that you can take your last lessons to and apply it um so there's that but I I was kind of curious about um you were talking earlier about what it was like uh growing up in Poland and and how there's a a bunch of things that like that you have to deal with um I mean a, a country that's like post-communist um uh i told you that um uh my boyfriend's from serbia and i hear um stuff about what it's like living in a post-communist country and um i was having a conversation with him about uh someone that we 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 met who was in college uh studying like brazilian dance music or something like oh, that wow. <laughs> and, <That's interesting. laughs> and we were having a conversation and and i i kind of got the idea that like like he was really serious about uh his his major in engineering and and like uh like you could kind of see like the level of responsibility of like okay well that's his major like what is he going to do with it like how is he going to get a job like there's there's like really practical meanwhile a lot of people uh here are kind of like well what am i most passionate about and then i'll just figure it out afterwards and and like some of these majors and stuff like that i don't really get but i was curious if um kind of like the the environment that you grew up in and like uh um the history of of what happened um impacted kind of like i need to get a, a serious job so that i can provide for people and take care of people mm -hmm. Um, this is interesting as well because I think it does have an impact, but it may be like it's not super direct. Like it's it's not a first connection that would 
come to your mind, right? That's, well, maybe, maybe I kind of acted the way I acted because of, of, you know, the country history, like this, this isn't a direct connection, right? But I think there is something to it because um, generally I think that sometimes people from um, Western countries, like for example, from um, like as an example in Germany, right? um, this is quite common for uh, students to take a gap year before they decide on you know whether to um, go study this, go study that, go you know try to set up a business or do a year where you learn on your own. Um, and I think it's like it would be a great idea to um, to kind of have that gap year maybe. And uh, this is just something you you don't really consider in Poland, like even as an option. It, it just like you either completely don't know that like you you can do it and this is okay. Like it's 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 just a foreign concept, right? Um, or sometimes you just um, uh, you're turning on that uh, practical side. And and you say that uh, no, but you know I'm, I'm going to I'm going to waste a year, and why would I even do it? Like time to get serious, stuff like that. Uh, and then after after a few years, uh, you think, oh, why why didn't I have this gap year? Uh, I you know I I generally think that. Um, like people from Western countries tend to be more relaxed about stuff like that. Um, I don't know if it's if it's true or not, but it just like my experience and and from the conversations I had with my friends, it's it's also kind of um, kind of frequent. I think that you know it, like. People from Eastern countries are just stressed, and yeah. uh, they they do get life. Unfortunately, including me, like I'm trying to <laughs> work on that, but we do take life way too seriously. Hmm. What? So you you graduated college. You um uh in your your you said your senior year of college you learned what ux design even was correct yes <laughs> so so you learned about it then i i learned about it in my senior year of college too <laughs> i uh <laughs> i was uh so i i went to school for something a little closer to to design i went to school for graphic design which is uh i i thought that my life was going to be like um i had this dream of what my life was going to be i i was going to um uh move to new york city I was going to be a graphic designer. Uh, I was going to make logos for people, work on campaigns, and uh, I I wanted to work for this firm in in uh, New York um, called Pentagram. Um, all all figured out, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I had this all figured out 
my senior year of high school. I had it all written out. I was so proud of myself. I went up to my my guidance counselor, who was the person that was in charge of helping you apply for college. And uh, I was like, I got this all here. I know what I'm going to do until I retire. And he just laughed at me. And I remember <laughs> thinking like, this man is so dumb. He doesn't know like how smart I am. And I got this all figured out. And then I went to school and the whole time, I didn't want to admit it because I was so scared, but like something was missing. I didn't know what it was. It was bothering me. It was making me like nervous, but something was missing, but there was nothing else out there that I wanted to do. I didn't have like a backup plan. I, uh, nothing else was as appealing to me as graphic design. And, um, I just kept on doing classes and, uh, I, um, was doing publication design. I was doing logo design, all this kind of stuff. And I was getting good grades and, and it was working out. I did an internship in New York and then I came back and I was like, something's missing. I don't know what it is. And then, um, I was ahead on credits and I just wanted to, uh, uh, take an independent class because I wanted to do it online, do it on my own time. Um, and I didn't want to be like doing, papers or something like that. I was like, I'll just do my own class. It'll be fine. And I was like, I'll learn a new program. Like one of my friends uh, did Adobe XD and he presented it and it was really cool. So I'll just like do that. And um, uh, I didn't realize that the course that I took was like teaching about user experience design. And the entire time, like my jaw was like on the floor the whole time. I was like, this is it. This is what I was looking for. Like, like how the the amount of research that he does on the topic, the wireframes that he puts together, like talking about testing things, talking about information, like the even down to like the way that the contracts were put together. I was like, everything makes so much sense. And this is what I want to do. So it was crazy. And I was like, it's my senior year. I'm graduating. I don't know what to do. And I and then I started doing this. And I just I don't know. I every day I'm like, you know what? Don't worry about like a year from now. Just like try to make it till Friday and then do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm smiling because uh, this is very similar to the way I discovered UX. It's very similar. How uh, did that happen <laughs> for you? Um. So, um, like when I was at my final uh, year of of law i i figured out that uh whoa you know it's like studies uh are ending and it's it's a decision time and i know i i don't want to like spend the majority of like or a big half big portion of my life uh doing something that is boring for me so i i try to look for different stuff and I started learning front-end. And I had this huge plan to uh, be a front-end developer, not a UX designer at all. And I spent around uh, six months probably learning like only front-end through different courses. And uh, I think I've seen some YouTube video about UX. Uh, but it was in like in a front end context, right? So um like there there is an overlap, right? So mm-hmm. um I you know I, I, I just watched it. I thought, oh, that's an interesting um 
addition to my front-end knowledge. Maybe, you know, I'll have some, uh, some, some more. Um, and I just started, uh, like, it wasn't even a decision, but I just gradually started absorbing more design knowledge than front-end knowledge because it, 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 it was just more interesting at the time. And uh, and I always say that it's kind of um, I I end up in UX design. It, it wasn't it wasn't a decision even. It was just a series of uh, of following your instinct. <laughs> so so when you said about uh, stuff about like discovering the UX and discovering kind of you know the logic bit like behind what people produce uh it's uh, you know i i instantly just smile because i i think it's similar right you discovered it you uh you were you were surprised and then you kind of followed right yeah it was it was weird it's like i it's like you kind of just fell into it and you're like oh where has this been <laughs> my whole life yes yeah exactly <laughs> I I saw that um like when when you graduated uh you started working as a junior lawyer and around the same time you were doing like user testing and then you were a UX UI mentee like these are all between like 2017 to 2018 was lawyer 2019 user testing and then UX UI mentee like that sounds like a crazy two or so years for you what was that like and like even before that like when did you kind of realize okay I know about this thing called UX I graduated I'm in a job like when am I gonna actually go out and do it (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that sounds really scary because it's in my mind it's a little bit easier if you haven't got the security yet of a job but once you do have it it's really hard to leave it mm. it's i mean uh, probably the thing that helped was that like the job itself wasn't like it wasn't that secure <laughs> because <laughs> because of um of you know overlap with finishing studies and the uh, pay wasn't that great so uh that helped <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was scary uh, definitely and uh, i remember uh like talking to my parents like throughout like throughout the period of learning ux because um, it it took me quite a long time, honestly, to find my first uh, proper UX design job. Uh, it wasn't easy and it was lengthy. Uh, but like at first, they they were like um, like very um, I wouldn't say suspicious, but cautious. <laughs> um, and they probably thought that oh just you know um 
like he, he he doesn't enjoy law he has this one crazy idea and probably get over it <laughs> <laughs> uh, after a month or something like that um some people still um like some people like members of my family but uh you know like not not close ones uh probably still think i'm a lawyer <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i think just the more um the more i went into it uh like the more obvious it became that like it is possible and uh, it kind of um it kind of empowered me in the decision that okay like i want to do it if you know if i can spend i don't know let's say 8 months of my free time uh learning something completely unrelated uh and do do this consistently and i still enjoy it and i can sacrifice that time uh then like why not right so um uh, i think that if you want to do a serious change like that there is a point where you kind of feel uh if you're going to drop out or not like you get to a point like that at least i did that you know there was a point in time that i started feeling that okay this is something i can be serious about um and this is something i like i believe uh is possible because at first you just you're you're just dif- discovering the thing you're testing out waters and you know um like you don't know it, it's just an interesting thing you you watch stuff about it you learn a thing or two Mm, but you you don't consider it as a um like viable option at least for a while right uh yeah so i guess i guess that was it 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 just um like the amount of consistent um uh, consistent time uh i um i devoted to it kind of ensured that hey i can do this like i may have to wait a bit but it's possible right mm, i wasn't sure if it's if it was going to be possible at the beginning because like you know when you uh go and ask some first uh first someone you you meet on the street uh and you ask him you know is is it possible to uh go from you know law to it in in 10 months uh at the age of you know like 23 they probably you know say that uh you're having a bad day or a headache or something like that but tw- 23 is so young did it not feel young at the time um after 5 years of law no <laughs> <laughs> I, I I remember thinking to myself at, at at some point like yeah I got to that point I'm like oh I'm so old like I like 
what can I do to change now? Like, whatever. And then I just realized, like, oh my God, I'm so young. I have so much of my life ahead of me. Why am I, why do I feel like this? And other, I, I know other people that feel similar. It's, yeah, it's easy I, to were, get caught up in this. Were there any people that um, kind of like showed you it was possible? Were there people that you saw on link on uh, like YouTube or, or something like that that uh, that you kind of saw as like role models? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the biggest help um, was and still is my uh, one of my mentors. He's uh, uh, He's a freelance uh, designer from from London. Uh, like his his name is uh, Tony Goff, and like his work is like absolutely incredible. He's he's a freelance UI, UI designer, uh, and I think I was like halfway through my uh, transitioning period. And uh, I discovered a website called recreate.com. Like at the time, there wasn't ADP list, mm. uh, which is now probably the most popular mentoring website among designers. So at the time, um, this site didn't exist. And um, and the, like the recreate site, it seems dead. Like it seems like like an old website that you know had mentors but it's it's kind of you know you you start to wonder if if it's uh if it's an active ongoing thing or not but uh but yeah we we just exchanged a few emails i um, i asked him a few questions and kind of uh you know introduced myself gave a bit of context on uh, on my <laughs> journey from law to UX, mm-hmm. and for a while we've we've just uh, been um, exchanging emails. Then we set up uh, our common Figma file for for uh, for feedback and for getting ideas. Now we've been uh, exchanging uh, Loom videos for a long while, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I. Like right before the first flight COVID restrictions started, uh, I was actually in London and uh, I got to meet him. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah. And we had a three hour long uh, conversation with beers. So, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was really cool and really special to, to also, you know, meet in person and, and develop a relationship. So I would say that mentoring is the number one and most helpful thing that uh, you can uh, you can try if you want uh, if you want to you know uh, do such a big change because um, you need a direction, right? If if it's a new stuff you you're instantly overwhelmed you don't know what to learn you don't know how to prioritize what you learn what is important what's not important what's required if you want to get a job and what does it even mean uh, so uh, 
it's very cool to have somebody who is doing what you want to do and can guide you a bit uh, and give you some tips. But, you know, a person like that can help um, in kind of showing you that, you know, maybe start with that and give you the kind of, again, direction, action point, stuff like that. And I have like, I have several, um, several good friends like that, and I'm super thankful uh, to them. Uh, but I think like the, the Tony was uh, was like my, and still is my design role model. So um, no, no person from YouTube, but <laughs> <laughs> but but a freelance designer from London who's uh, just crazy good at what he does would i have somebody like that in my life uh uh, he's a really really good friend uh and i i sent him uh like videos like loom and stuff like that of of uh (laughs) uh, i sent him i I actually just read a website and i sent it over to him and he he responded and with a video and it was it was really nice and uh i sometimes when you like talk to that person all the time um uh it it would be like kind of awkward to be like you have no idea how much you mean to me <laughs> like <laughs> like like you really really helped me out um would um would you feel comfortable like telling me kind of like uh like what you appreciate about him and like h- how he change your life a little bit if you did yeah sure uh so um i try to you know uh, tell him that as well like (laughs) once in a while just just you know so that he um uh he's aware of it and i'm waiting for uh kind of um opportunities to like for me to help him out a bit with his stuff but uh he's kind of you know have has it all figured out so <laughs> there's not there's not much, much room for it <laughs> i guess um but yeah um you know i i think that the best um the best help was that um like he gave me like first of all um he really spent like voluntarily he spends a lot of his free time to to kind of really go through the things that i either uh you know send him or upload to figma or send him a loom video like it's it's not a thing because he could totally do what do it this way he could you know just just you know see let's say see my portfolio right and just leave a quick you know quick one comment that you know it's nice i would maybe do this and this and you know bye bye like he could totally do it and this would be still okay but um 
I appreciate that he really spent uh, a lot of time to kind of, you know, like dive in detail. Uh, he also sometimes records uh, looms about um, about his process and kind of um, like the way you approach things. And it's also uh, super cool that I have like after, you know, two years, let's say, I have totally different questions right? <laughs> than, than what I had like a year or two years ago. And this is also, uh, I think, like uh, you would need to ask him, but I think it's it may be also interesting for him as well, because, um, you know, it's it just, you, you have different experiences with time. Um, he has different experiences and you kind of, if you have a relationship and you're kind of, um, exchanging like uh like the views uh the struggles getting feedback and stuff like that uh this is very cool to discover that you know you, you after a while you you talk about totally different things and this is very cool uh and you know in general like he's an awesome help anywhere from uh like very specific UI design uh, tips uh, to just general, you know, attitude to work, attitude to client communication, attitude to kind of uh, project management stuff and how to kind of um, kind of find your way through it because sometimes it's tricky. So it, it just, uh, I love that it's so diverse. It, it's not just, uh, you know, talking about interfaces. Like It's basically talking about all things design and throughout design. It's very cool. And, uh, and I appreciate that we have the, uh, like we just have a normal relationship. We don't have a, curriculum we don't have a you know tasks we don't have agendas you know stuff like that um it just it just it just a friendly relationship and i think it's it's more natural this way and uh, i'm super thankful to him so yeah it's uh, and i'm thankful that i had the opportunity to say it out loud <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, when, it is kind of funny that, like, you can, like, get so used to it, and, and at a certain point, it, like, kind of feels awkward, because they're like, of course, like, we've been doing it for so long, like, what, why are you making a big deal out of it? But, like, it, it will still mean a lot, and sometimes even more, yeah. like, two years into it, than in the very beginning, when you're saying thank you, thank you all the time, and it's normal, and then, like, two years later, you're like, still thank you. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I um I won't mention too much uh, about him um cuz I don't know if he'd feel comfortable with me talking about on the podcast, but I'll give like a couple details. Um I have a, a friend that I feel um uh is kind of in a similar situation that you were when you were graduating college. 
Um, he is graduating. Um, he actually uh, studied Japanese for five years. He's like so smart. <laughs> he he does <laughs> music like you, and he uh, studied programming, and he taught himself so much on his own. Um, and he's he's decided that he like really likes kind of like what you and I do and uh it's it's kind of a scary point in his life because like he he also grew up in eastern europe and um i won't say where but uh i was just curious i know that totally different countries like totally different upbringings probably totally different lives but kind of like a similar point in life um would you have any advice for him because he he listens to this hmm. Well, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, because like, there's a, there's a lot to cover. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, so, but to try to kind of uh, emphasize like most important bits, uh, at least from my perspective, I would say like the, the number one thing is to, be patient and be uh, like don't put too much pressure on yourself because there is a lot of pressure already to deal with um, when you want to transition so it's kind of um, I think I was uh, I was doing one thing like the wrong way that I was like getting stressed and nervous all the time that you know why why can't I find my first design role uh you know it's been months I feel ready I feel at least an intern level and you know and nothing happens right and it's hard for you to accept that because you obviously have doubts in your head uh, of you know whether this is possible, when this is going to happen, and stuff like that. So I think uh, if I was to, you know, go back and do it again, uh, I would be probably more patient and more, uh, and just, you know, like better and more um, empathetic to myself uh, throughout this whole process. So this is totally possible. Uh, but it can take time. So, uh, you know, be patient. Don't get discouraged too soon. Um, and honestly, like connect with many people and ideally also find a mentor because like it's okay to practice stuff just, you know, from your room. Uh, and this is also like super important, obviously, but uh, but I think it's it's just super super important to connect with other people who are doing what you want to do because first you get a lot more awareness of what that job involves because like for me. Um, the like the picture of what would my UX design job 
look like was very different <laughs> to, to the reality once I I got that job. Uh, so I think that you know if you connect with other designers, you get some of that awareness. So you'll be better prepared in a way. And second of all, uh, sometimes honestly, it's just easier to to get a job if you know people. It's I think in terms of job search, uh, like we're having a shift, at least in IT. Uh, it's it's like um, I feel we're past that stage that you just you're browsing through job offers, you blindly just you know sending out the form without uh, connecting with the actual person or a recruiter or somebody like this and just um, it's not that effective honestly and most of the time you can be surprised that um, you you know you you have a you have a conversation with somebody and um, you may hardly remember about it and you know four months down the road uh, an opportunity may come so you never know so I guess like this would be probably these would be most important pieces, but um, I think this would be totally cool for us to connect after the podcast and we can totally talk about it in more depth. That would be that would be great. I'll I'll ask him and I'll ask if I can give him your information uh and vice versa he he's a he's sure. a really smart guy and and a lot of what you talk about reminds me of a conversation i had with him like a couple days ago so that's that was all really helpful for both like him and me <laughs> since i'm also starting out the <laughs> starting the podcast was like probably like one of the best decisions i could make because i i get to to meet all of these people like you and uh it's the the funny thing is that um uh, a, a phrase that I keep on repeating to myself is like, "You just don't know what you don't know," <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. and like there, you you may think that you can like get it all on your own from like YouTube and books and everything like that, but like you really need other people because I don't know. There's like tricks you don't know, <laughs> and like uh, different ways to approach research and everything, and and it's like, or just like people that are like really fun to hang out with so yeah that's I, that's all really good yeah i like the phrase um allow yourself to be surprised yeah and this this is kind of it i mean i think generally in life it's it's uh it's healthy to have the attitude that you kind of don't expect much and just kind of again like be open to to be surprised right uh like recently i like to give you an example um i helped one uh like product designer from australia uh, with some webflow uh some webflow stuff i mean it was it was just a one quick fix we exchanged like three four messages on linkedin 
it was I don't know a year ago, like a long time ago, uh, and uh, and like maybe a week or two weeks ago, he asked me if I would be willing to you know do some uh, Webflow consultations work uh, for him on his project, right? And it just you never know. <laughs> so it's good to connect with people. It's good to help out other people. And uh, if I can help anybody starting out, uh, I'm more than happy to do it because I remember the struggles. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is not an easy journey. Uh, but this is all totally possible, doable. And it just, honestly, just a matter of of time and your willingness to do it. If, if you feel like you really like it, this is it, then it's just a matter of time, honestly. When I when I looked at your website and I looked at the the page about you, something that I really liked was, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you said like. Mm -hmm. You're probably on this page to learn who I am rather than just like what are all the million tools that I can use. So here's some things about me. And I really liked that. And one of the ones, one of like the four or five things that you, you said about yourself is, um, is about how you really don't have a big ego and, uh, I, I really like that because part of the reason why I loved UX and stuff like that is because um, uh, I really checked my ego uh, once you start <laughs> testing your project with somebody because it's so not humiliating, but humbling, humbling <laughs> just like <yeah. laughs> to, to listen to somebody use your stuff because um, it's like all merit based. like. Your project is like there. You're not there to like walk somebody through it and hold their hand. Like it has to be able to stand on its own. And if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. Like if <laughs> if people can use it, then good. If they can't, like you can't like talk yourself out of it. Um, and so uh, I, I listened to somebody talk about this a while ago. They talked about um, like sparring and and wrestling and stuff like that and how like that person growing up uh wrestling like getting uh out wrestled or having to tap out or something like that like really helped check their ego and translated to other parts of their life too um and so i don't wrestle or do jujitsu or anything like that i i lift like 20 10 pound weights i'm very different <laughs> but uh uh i i thought that uh user testing and stuff like that really did that for me i was just curious about um how you felt about like ux and and ego yeah it's it's good that we don't have to uh get uh, beaten up to check our ego <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, uh, I think it's true what you said that uh, like testing out your designs with other people is a good reality check because uh, honestly, like you 
different people interact with products differently and also they kind of um, like you often see that like one person can spot a thing and tell you it's oh it's important and you see the other people uh you know either they won't spot the same thing or they wouldn't have any problems with it like it's um like obviously there are some usability uh, usability like stuff and principles that are kind of obvious if if it's in like if too many people point to the same thing as an error it probably is an error <laughs> uh, but honestly there's there's a lot of uh, subjective stuff in design as well i think and uh, first you can't satisfy everybody and this is a good thing to realize also when you when you're searching for a job or you think how to structure your portfolio like you can get literally like so much advice and sometimes so much opposite advice on the internet on how to <laughs> structure your portfolio that you know like at the, at the end of the day what what do you put in there like you, <laughs> you, you just you can't satisfy everybody and you may have one design manager looking at it and saying well yeah cool that's what i want to see and the other manager you know getting angry that you know oh, where is the process or where are the visuals you know it's it's all relative honestly and same probably goes with uh with with users and also kind of with designers so i i think it's super important to get feedback often and to learn how to like to learn how to get and receive feedback is a super important skill for a designer, uh, in my opinion, because um, like first you grow by doing that. And second of all, like you, um, like you humble your ego, right? So you see that, you know, even senior designers, they don't have answers for everything. And sometimes they do just, you know, do their best guess or figure out like they need to figure out stuff too. It's not just um, like people don't have all the answers. And, uh, and it's good to kind of, you know, be open to um see your work through somebody else's eyes and uh, not get fixated and not get too emotionally involved i guess it's also important and this is like for me it's hard and i think for many designers this is hard as well um i don't know about your experience with this but I think because um, we as designers, we kind of 
we get attached to either the project or a particular version of a design. Uh, we often get attached to it. And uh, then <laughs> ego has problems. Um, our ability to receive feedback decreases. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we may end up, um, you know, stressed, discouraged. And we may think that, oh, you know, my recommended version uh, wasn't signed off. So probably, you know, this is this is a crap version now about <laughs> my portfolio and uh, I'm a bad designer, stuff like that. So yeah, I'm curious about your experience with it. Uh, do you feel also like uh, emotionally attached to your designs or not? I, uh, my, so I identify with what you're saying. I, my first, uh, exposure was that independent class. And then right after that was my senior thesis. And you got to pick whatever you wanted to do as long as it was design related. And so I did a, uh, total brand redesign of a, um, Argentinian cafe in my, in my city. Uh, and, um, I did a website for that too. I didn't go into Webflow and, and build it, but I didn't know how to do any of that yet. I just did a Adobe XD <laughs> prototype, made it interactive, and then shared the link as if it was like a real website. So you could go through everything. Everything was interactive. Everything worked. Um, and uh, I had like, I think maybe like four weeks before it was due. And so I reached out to almost everyone that I knew. Um, and I said, hey, I need to test my website. I need to practice presenting it and I need to test it. And I wanted to know if you could find any bugs in it. Um, can you uh, just meet with me on Zoom and we'll just like do this? And uh, every single person said yes. And I was not expecting that. And I presented and got helpfully criticized by over 22 people. Awesome. <laughs> and, and that was Amazing. the first time I ever did that. And uh, I uh, I was on Zoom with them. Like my, uh, I am young and poor, so I live with roommates. And my, uh, uh, my, my roommates were walking past me. And they're like, Emily, you've been doing that for like weeks. And I literally had like two weeks of presenting to people, watching them using the site in real time, sharing their screen with me, giving me feedback and stuff like that of like all different ages. Um, some were my age, some were like in their maybe like late sixties or something like that. Um, and so, uh, I, I remember feeling it was, it was literally like, uh, I was like breaking in a shoe, but it was like my soul. <laughs> I, I, um, uh, I, I would keep it together and then I would like not have like panic attacks, but I would be like, my heart would be racing and I'd be really nervous and I would, my, my breath would get short. And it was like, like 10 minutes after it was done, I was just like keeping it together. And then my body was just like, okay, we're done. <laughs> just do that. I would end up, uh, um, but it was so helpful and it totally changed the way that I asked people questions and, um, uh, I wasn't like guiding them to the answers that I wanted. And, um, 
it 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 kind of got to a point where um like i was i was sitting next to, to my boyfriend he was on an app and he's like oh this isn't working like i don't get it and i was like li- i literally zoomed up right next to him it wasn't my app i did not make this but i was like what do you mean what part are you getting stuck on what do you what does this mean when you say that doesn't work and he was like can you stop you're getting really annoying <laughs> but um but yeah that that's that's my experience with it and then i read a book recently i forget the the the, the book uh oh it was it was called don't make me think and it was a book on usability testing and even after reading that like i, I read it on a plane i read it at home and i like i it was like the one of the coolest things ever because it talked about like not having bias not like uh making it all about yourself like putting your ego in a box and locking that box and just letting it sit there until the the testing is done and um <laughs> it, it was really cool so yeah that that was that was my experience with that um what do you think <laughs> I, I i like the idea of uh showing uh <laughs> of showing one thing to uh 22 people on uh, <laughs> friends <laughs> yeah yeah it was um uh, i think it was very cool um uh, and it, it's it's kind of um in a way it's it's a nice probably it's a nice way to prepare you for uh you know for testing out stuff later and again for uh like for receiving feedback in a non-biased way that you you kind of uh you're not steering them in the direction you're kind of you know you're you're hopeful to <laughs> to, to get an answer right uh so this, this this is very cool um i also think that like ego ego wise because uh like i i probably wanted wanted to to say it out loud as well um that sometimes among like ux communities groups stuff like that um you do have a lot of these uh kind of i, I would say um, philosophy conversations like you know mm. should you wax and you why like is it different is it the same like where's the overlap like you know people get angry about uh jobs called ux ui designer like well there should be ux oh, there should be ui you know like thousands of conversations and comments like that um uh, and it it just um I think it honestly like it does us all more harm than good to just constantly like um get angry about stuff like that like if companies search for UI UX designers like there must be a reason for it mm-hmm. and the reason may be that you know either they they just want like they don't have enough specialty in their de- departments or they want to cut some costs and have you know one one guy um doing kind of you know uh both sides of the coin which would inevitably mean that 
it would be probably a bit less quality, but maybe that's what they want, right? Or maybe they just, you know, don't have enough awareness that, you know, UX design should, like UX designer should do this, UI designer should do this, and they may not even be aware that it may be useful to kind of, you know, bring in some specialty among the team. So it just it depends, like, what's the point of getting angry at it? And the same goes with my uh, favorite example is the um, hamburger menu on desktop. So um, probably like pretty much every designer would, uh, or at least like I, I've seen it like multiple times. And also I've, I've heard it from my colleagues at work that, you know, like you can't put hamburger menu like on desktop, it's, it's not usable. Like, why would you do it? Uh, it's a, it's a mobile solution and stuff like that. And I'm thinking that, uh, yes, that's true. But sometimes you may have websites like, I don't know, like websites for um, some event or some luxury product page or something like that, that you kind of, um, you want that wow effect. And for that audience, the wow effect may actually be more important than uh, one more click on desktop, right? So uh, it just, I think that a lot of, uh, a lot of such design stuff, uh, it's not like there is one holy answer, right? Um, so I think, Sometimes it just uh, it just helps again not to be biased and kind of dive into the context because the context might actually surprise you, right? And the decision you think was the random mistake may actually be you know uh, justified, right? So uh, I think like ego wise, it's also good to maybe mention that. I. I heard recently that uh, somebody said this and it, it made me think of what you just said. It's like, there isn't really one right way of doing anything. It's just more like someone who got to the problem first and then this is what's working for them. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I also think it's good to stop thinking about, like in terms of right and wrong. Like, I think it would be more helpful if we think that, uh, you know, there are no like rights and wrongs. There are people and there are opinions. Yeah. And, you know, you can just have a discussion based your argument, like base your argument on your experience, your skills, your research, uh, and stuff like that, but ultimately, there are people and opinions still. So, um, like, your opinion may be based on all those things, but at the end of the day, it's still your opinion. 
speaking of opinions and rights and wrongs and stuff like that, um, from my understanding, uh, both you and I uh, design and develop, right? Yeah. So I uh, I heard from someone that I really admire and still admire. Um, she said uh, designers shouldn't develop. And uh, when I when I heard her say that, I was really confused. Um, uh, and what my best interpretation of what she meant is like, don't expect one person to do two people's jobs and you're only going to pay them for one person's job. Like, don't mm-hmm. give somebody more work and then not pay them. Um, but it could be interpreted literally as what she means of what she said of like designers shouldn't develop. And um, I, I also have the same uh, feeling when people uh, tell me things like you should definitely specialize in, in the kinds of websites that you take and the kinds of clients that you take. Like you shouldn't have like a bunch of different clients. Like you should have the same uh, like try to focus on one industry and just focus on that industry. And I have the same feeling when they say that as when that other person that I respect said. Um, and <laughs> I, I'm kind of like sitting here like, um, I don't know how I feel about all of this. And uh, <laughs> whenever I talk to people, they often uh, say this phrase to me. They say that uh, a jack of all trades is a master of none. Um, and it kind of stuck in my head for a while, like, uh, like the, the idea that somebody's like, oh, you shouldn't learn new things because, uh, you're not going to have time to be really good at one thing. And then I actually looked up the, the quote and it's kind of like one of those quotes that people like cut in half and only take the one that they want. Apparently the, the full quote is a jack of all trades is a master of none, but often better than a master of one. Oh wow! <laughs> and it made me realize, like, wait, 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 what is going on? So, well, like, before I keep moving with that, what do you think about that? Um, I love that discovery. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, like, there are, like, as in any case, there are two sides of of the coin here because. I totally agree that um, you kind of like if you split yourself between different skills, you there is a good chance you won't master one of them or two of them. Like it's it's logical, right? Mm-hmm. But the other side is that do you want to do it? Like do you want to master it? I mean. Like, um, because I think the messages like that have some sort of um, implied um, implied way of looking at it that if you don't master it, it's wrong or it's bad mm. or you're not good enough. And it's like a perfectionist. It absolutely, yes, it may absolutely not be true because sometimes, uh, you know, market can value range of skills and good like if you're good that may be enough like maybe you don't have to be you know a master at it like so i think again it depends on on the type of 
person you are and on the type of stuff you want to do because some people will be passionate about one small thing and they can you know sometimes dedicate their life on it and that's fine but you have other people as well and you it's it's not worse that they may want to be more of generalists if they enjoy it and if that's just the way they want to uh to do it so um, again there are people and there are opinions <laughs> i i heard somebody uh talk about this a while ago um and i'm pretty sure it was chris doe um he i don't know if you've heard of his name before uh yeah sure. um yeah uh so uh, uh chris is this uh really really cool person just like i would say youtube but like just generally on the internet and the way that he described it, uh, described web design, it's kind of like um, uh, when somebody comes to you with a project um, or a website that's not working, it's like um, like the website is sick. Uh, it's not performing how it should be. Uh, and um, the way that you try to attack the problem, it's kind of like you're prescribing something like, um, hey, you're not your Google search results are are bad because your images are too big um, or your page speed because of the images is too slow or um, you're hiding information or, or it's way too overwhelming or you need to totally redo this or something like that. So there, there's that. And, and like as we're talking about it now, I can kind of see it like um, different kinds of doctors. So like you could have the generalists that you go for like, this is my project. I don't really know what's going on with it. Let's figure it out. Or you could have somebody that's like more of a specialty person. So I guess like if you look at it that way, then it makes sense a little bit more. It's not like you should or shouldn't. It's kind of like there's kind of like space for, for everything if you look at it with a doctor analogy. Yeah, absolutely. And um, oh, and I also wanted to add that um, <laughs> because you mentioned that designers shouldn't uh designers shouldn't code um like um you know if like if your friend meant that you know like they shouldn't co code in terms of leave coding for coders uh i thoroughly disagree <laughs> yeah like I, I even wrote an article about it but uh <laughs> I'll, if yeah. you give me the link, I'll link it in the description of this so people can read your article. <laughs> sure, but um, honestly, I think that uh, when I learned Webflow, um, I mean, when I learned Webflow like in a way that I understood the logic of it and the logic of kind of, uh, you know, HTML, CSS and stuff like that, because like ultimately that's what you learn when you learn Webflow. You just learn HTML and CSS and a bit of and a bit of JavaScript. Um it does have a huge impact on how I work as a designer during the design stage. It's it's very it's very different for me um than to you know what what it used to be like before learning webflow you you have so much awareness about how 
how responsiveness work. Uh, you're much better at detecting uh, whether you know stuff you designed will it be easy to develop? Will it be hard to develop? If it will be hard to develop, why it will be hard to develop? Uh, you can have much better conversations uh, if you're working with a team of uh, team of people as a designer. You can have much better conversations with developers, and uh, like I could go on and on. But uh, honestly, I think it's uh, it's a nice to have thing for a designer, and probably because it's nice to have, and it seems like oh, it's so technical, and it's so hard, and I should probably you know spend endless hours just to understand it. Uh, like designers sometimes are just cautious or scared to just try it out because it, you know, it doesn't seem too useful. It doesn't seem too beneficial. And it also seems super time consuming. So I, I just think that many designers fear to, to jump into coding and to learn a little bit. When uh, I, I've, I really want to talk to you about this this time uh, in your life when you're learning about all this because uh, I I'll, I'll tell you my story first. So I um, sure. I went to college and uh, while I was there, I took these three uh, uh, coding classes. Um, I took a uh, HTML little bit of CSS class. The next one was way more CSS. Last and the last one was uh, uh, added JavaScript, and uh, I really get how people can can look at that and um, be really really intimidated because like I'll admit it like I had a, a wonderful professor, um, but I remember being in a coding exam and I literally like cried <laughs> because it was so hard. I had no way, like I didn't know what I was doing. It was it was like I did not start at the top. <laughs> And so then, um, uh, but learning about uh, all of that and like understanding how it all worked and then going into um, Webflow was, it was so easy. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, you have to learn how to use Webflow. It's like, it's, it's not like super, super easy. Um, uh, like some, some other, I guess, sites but like it's so good like it's everything is so intuitive and it's it's great um and it, it made me such a better designer and it made me um like I literally have like conversations with myself in my room by myself of like <laughs> would this work Emily no <laughs> what about this way oh that makes more sense because of xyz and um uh that that's really interesting to me. And, and then like thinking back on conversations that I had privately with other designers where they were like complaining about their developers and saying, Oh, they're not, they're saying that this isn't possible. Or if I have to change it, I don't want to change my design. And I don't know anything about development, but like, I'm just really frustrated at him because he won't make it work. I'm like, <laughs> dude, what is going on? 
<laughs> and the fact that like before when I knew nothing and I was just talking with them, I was like trying to be sympathetic. And I was like, oh, that does stink. And like now I kind of want to like smack them upside the head of like be more empathetic and try to learn. <laughs> so I, I don't know how you how you feel about what I said, but uh, I was just curious about like moving the conversation to like talking about learning code earlier and then moving into webflow and and what it was like learning webflow what was it like uh discovering it like how was all of that for you yeah uh so um, i definitely had the same experience that um the fact that i learned some front end basics like before getting to webflow uh, was a huge help because like in order to understand Webflow, you have to understand the logic and the rules. So if you don't understand like basics of front end, you don't know this logic. So you may watch stuff about Webflow interface, but you won't understand it. I mean, it, it's, it's in trial and error to some point. Uh, and then probably at some point you have this aha moment uh, when it clicks. <laughs> but uh, this definitely helped. And uh, I discovered Webflow because I wanted to have a personal website as my portfolio. So I didn't want to, I think it was because I wanted a custom design. So, you know, I didn't want to use templates, stuff like that. Uh, I wanted to basically jump into Figma, design the thing, and then I would need to figure out the way or of, um, of displaying that not as a static design, but as a working thing. And Webflow just, I think, like made the most sense. Um, and I remember that my first Webflow experience was actually bad. Although I, <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> like I understood the, like the logic and the HTML and CSS, but I didn't understand at the time um, the, like some Webflow specific stuff. Because mm. like Webflow has some uh, bits and pieces that are kind of specific to the tool, and you you just have to be aware of um, of living with with them. And I wasn't aware at the time, and I wasn't watching much tutorials. I just you know jumped in. So my first two weeks, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> uh, like I. Seriously, I absolutely hated it. Wanted to throw Webflow out of my computer. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, then, you know, um, I did some trial and error. And honestly, much of my development right now is trial and error when I don't like know the answer right away. I did a bit of research um, and just, you know, like you, you connect things 
together and at some point you get to aha moment and then to another aha moment and stuff just uh, when you get to the point that you you see that this tool actually makes sense <laughs> and there is like there is a logic behind doing things like that it just it becomes so enjoyable to do it honestly and uh, i i think that the thing that i love most about webflow is that they they respect the front end rules and because of it um it allows you to to be like to do custom stuff and um like they don't have this logic that most website builders has that um you're limited to a template so you're you're not essentially building stuff but you're editing stuff constantly right you you're just dragging and dropping you have some sort of limited options and it, it just um you know i i would feel like an editor not not like a developer uh, with those tools and uh, it's great that when you're building webflow you're really building you're not just you know uh like clicking uh clicking options to uh change color and you know change the layout from a to b and that's your website right uh so this is this is very cool i think and uh yeah, I think if you can get through uh, these uh, these parts where you kind of want to throw throw Webflow away, um, if you um, you know if anybody has similar experience like mine, <laughs> then <laughs> when you get past it, it's way more enjoyable. And I I don't see myself using any other website builder for now as long as the website is suitable for um, things that Webflow can handle at the moment. Yeah, I've, there's definitely growing pains. I remember uh, my, I mean, if, if anybody wants to, they can go back on like the waybackmachine.com, which is like how you can look at previous versions of websites in the past. Uh, I've updated my website and I'm updating again. And my first couple websites on uh Webflow were just like trash because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and now I feel a lot better with like the content management system, setting things up, like uh uh class naming, all of that, organizing things, metadata descriptions, like all of that. And and uh there was definitely a lot of learning to do, but um like I'm the this kind of my fault, but I'm I'm kinda like one of those people that um uh i have uh there were years and years of my life where i would just like not make chocolate chip cookies because i was too impatient to read the instructions and they would end up flat every single time this happened like five times <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like one of those people i'm like come on let's go let's let's keep like i i'm i don't need this uh instruction i don't need this ikea manual like i'm good and then once i started uh like teaching myself how to do stuff and and like 
doing YouTube videos. And like, I've spent so much time on Webflow University, those free classes that they have online, um, that I, I learned a lot about like stopping, slowing down, actually doing it right instead of doing it the wrong way five times and just hitting my head against the wall because I'm stubborn and a dumb person. <laughs> nah, no, I, I just think sometimes you have to learn a lesson. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's um, like when you um, like when you discover after a while that uh, sometimes you want to uh, you want to do something uh, two minutes faster, you know, two minutes faster, and in the long run, you end up doing it five hours <laughs> longer. <laughs> that you know, you discover it a few times, and you learn less usually. But yeah, it's, I. That's normal. I really, I don't know. I I remember when I first discovered Webflow. It was like oh my god I can do this like I can do this myself and I can there's so much that you you can do with it and then like it was a whole nother level when I um found integrations and like things like I haven't worked on a project with it yet but like I would watch other people's videos and like how they would build things with like Airtable and Zapier and all of this kind of stuff and it's like amazing and there's so many things you could do and like the whole idea of like not I wouldn't say no code because you need to understand the rules and everything like that, but like low code in which like, I feel like you, you um, lose less time. I remember like before when I would work on projects, um, like a comma would be out of place and like the entire thing is all code and like something would be a, a period when it should be a comma or a comma when it should be a semicolon and oh, it would yeah. just screw up the project and I would be sitting there <laughs> yeah. with my professors they were combing through all my code and then fixing it I would feel like so dumb and but at the same time like there's no way I would have found that on my own um but there was something interesting that I I thought of um uh I wanted to talk to you about it um was I remember when I first started coding, like before Webflow, before anything, I was just like coding basic sites uh, for my, this class that I was in. Um, the, the certain phrase like kept on coming in my head that I felt like I was painting with my brain. Is that a weird thing to say? Like I what, like for something for me to code something and then to refresh the screen, publish and like it's there. Like it just kind of felt kind of like magic or or that i was like painting with my brain I, what do you think of that phrase <laughs> um yeah there's i think there is some truth in it i mean um because it's you know like it's it's not a normal effect i guess for your brain to <laughs> to kind of um to build something but not be able to touch it but know that it's being built you know because like ultimately it's like when you build a website it's it's a working tangible thing but it's not like you know like it's not like building a chair right mm -hmm. but on, on the other hand it's not like uh, 
it's not like the prototype. It's not like the artboard from Adobe XD. So it's something in between. Um, and you know, it's you know, it's functional. It's it's working. You can interact with it. It has some logic. So you feel like you just you know you've just built something. Um, but I think I'm actually I'm curious if you had that experience uh, like before web that um, I was I was a bit frustrated while learning uh, front end before Webflow that you know I have to like maybe it's 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 different now I'm sure there are solutions um, but at the time um, I I just every time you just you know you you do the change and you have to kind of switch or go back refresh and then see the change it's 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 kind of um that lag is so frustrating mm -hmm. compared to webflow right <laughs> or if you, you 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 do something and then it like screws up like seven other things yes right <laughs> <laughs> yes it's so frustrating um you know you, you kind of um i think that like I had a mental problem with coding that I I kind of I'm not seeing what I'm building. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm I'm seeing the syntax. So uh and maybe I'm just a visual person, right? But uh I did have a problem with it that just you know, like I'm thinking more in terms of what I should write. Then in terms of like where where it should be positioned, how should it look? Like it, it's not visual, right? Mm. You, yeah. you have preview stuff, but um, compared to Webflow, like traditional coding is way less visual, and it totally makes sense with um, you know with backend stuff and with coding. Um, stuff that are you know like not websites um so like you know logically uh logical heavy uh code but for websites i think that um it just it's painful if it's not visual mm -hmm. i i totally agree with that like the the ability to actually like edit things just like the way that that Webflow is just set up, where where you have the the tags, I mean, and the um the the classes in the right hand side, and then all of the the kind of like similar dialog boxes to like Adobe programs, and then on the left is like all of the layers and the assets. It's just like it makes so much more sense, and it makes me think like, why was I doing it the other way <laughs> ever? <laughs> I mean, but it's good. Like you, like I, I couldn't be here where I am now without that. Um, but uh, but speaking of all of this, like we we talked about like where where you came from. We talked about going into school, studying something totally different, uh, and then going into design and and development, and and we talked about life and all of the other different things. Um, my my last question for you is that um. Uh, like in life, you have like 
a whole bunch of different doors to go through. And uh, uh, I was just curious, like, I don't know, imagine like in a parallel world where like uh, you actually you you didn't take that door to go into design and user experience um, uh, and development and you you kept on the, the path that you were going. Um, I was just curious based on the, the job that you have now and the career that you have and the life that you have, um, would you say that you're really proud of the decision that you made and you think that you're a lot more fulfilled and happier? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, um, like this path has its own struggles and I think one one discovery that I made um, a while ago, which was totally surprising for me, is that um, sometimes, like when you do, I don't know if you can relate to that, but if you if you're pursuing a path that you're really you know interested in, excited, etc., sometimes you end up. Uh, requiring so much from yourself because you care and if you do something that is totally like it's not enjoyable for you you just kind of have the attitude to to you know like oh just let's get on with this let's finish this up quickly and generally like you don't care your mind is already uh probably either somewhere else or you just you just want to kind of spend your time on different things and sometimes when on the other hand when you're passionate about something uh then obviously you do care and sometimes you you just you know over fixate that uh that uh you know you you should move faster or you should be better or stuff like that and i think that a healthy place to be um it's kind of in the middle so like you're doing stuff that is interesting for you and sure you may be passionate about it and it's like um it doesn't mean that it's not interesting anymore but you're kind of mm, like you don't put so much maybe emotional emphasis on it and you don't care so much that, oh, you know, I have to be this and this by, uh, you know, uh, like soon or it just, uh, it just, it's good to have this main thing as your interest but at the same time to kind of detach from it and not not have your mind constantly in it because uh well it's it just ux is interesting but there's more to life than just ux design, right? <laughs> when uh, when i get um uh uh like i i love it too but sometimes i see that youtube recommendation i'm like you want to watch this youtube video and i'm like 
no, I'd rather watch Sorted Foods today. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay. <laughs> and uh, or uh, I get super tired and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go spend the next hour or so making croissants. <laughs> and, and that's that's fine. Like sometimes uh, there there is that like idea of like doing things all the time. Like, well, if you're passionate about it, you should want to do it all the time. And now, like, especially if you work from home, like, uh, there's no line between like, oh, I'm coming home from work. I'm now I'm home. This is my other life. You're like, oh well, I have time. Like nobody else is keeping me from doing this. I guess I'll just keep doing it. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's possible to have a job that you're passionate about that that's fulfilling that you love and not do it all the time. <laughs> I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I also think that you know, uh, like there's so much. Uh, like there's so many hustle posts everywhere, <laughs> hustle videos, and they're all like very strict. Like mm-hmm. they they don't tell you uh, consider doing this. They tell you you must do this if you want to blah blah blah, right? And uh, I think what people maybe don't realize sometimes is that. Um, these posts um they ask like through these posts they ask people to trade the majority of their life and this is a um this is a heavy price to pay so um like me personally i i try to disconnect from posts like that and generally from the culture built around that you have to, you know, do X, Y, Z constantly every day if you want to be successful, etc. Because, like, I agree it can be effective, but first, I don't believe that this is the only way. And second of all, like, we we're not robots. <laughs> <laughs> we're human beings and we need rest we need other people and i would say that even if you're like super passionate about something um you also need some refreshers because if your mind is too long on on a thing i guess that majority of people um will experience burnout sooner or later yeah so it's not sustainable uh and I think that uh, probably before the internet, people um, people needed to learn, uh, like to learn how to do the work. And I think that with the amount of knowledge we have right now, and with all the all the crazy amount of content uh, and the information we absorb we are now in a period that we need to learn how to rest because of it. And I think that, uh, you know, we're living in a society that forgot how to rest. Do you know who... I don't know if you agree with this. Do you know who uh, Bo Burnham is? Uh, No, I don't think. So, what you're saying really reminds me of... of, uh uh what he he made this song um that's really popular 
it's called um welcome to the internet <laughs> and like uh i don't know if it, if americans might listen to this they're like oh everybody knows that but like, it's uh it's this song um called uh welcome to the internet and uh part of the the chorus uh so he's talking about like how uh the internet is literally like the whole world in your pocket all the time every day like it's so hard to disconnect and that's how i feel when like like i'm checking linkedin like all the time <laughs> like oh like i have to check it every single time somebody likes one of my posts or anything like that and so the the course that he wrote is like um uh may i interest you in everything all of the time anything and everything all of the time apathy is a tragedy and boredom is a crime everything and anything all of the time and it's like the whole song is like in this like circusy uh tone and he's like you gotta watch it it's it's hilarious but like the way that he talks about it, he's like uh it's it's so hard to not do that when you're literally given access to everything 24 7 and for for a lot of people this is like how they grew up and they don't know anything different so i what do you think about that um i think this is scary um because um i mean uh I love the I love the quote from the song. Like I'm, I'll, I'm going to listen to it after the podcast. <laughs> first thing after the podcast. Uh, but yeah, I think it's scary that um, because like right now we have a generation uh, that will go, you know, to uh, adult life like not having a different perspective mm -hmm. and growing up like from very early days just constantly with the phone and uh i'm afraid that the hustle culture will be much stronger in like you know 10 years or 15 years from now like it's um i'm kind of worried about how strong it is right now but I think it's going to get worse in in foreseeable future because of that. Because it, it just, I mean, there's a natural tendency, right, to to just, um, you know, we are curious as human beings, and we want to uh, we want to learn, and if we have a possibility to learn, then why wouldn't we, right? But uh, but it, it just uh, I think it 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 became too overpowering. And in terms of LinkedIn, for example, like I of, often check it as well. But I really consci consciously trying to disconnect because um, th there's a lot of content there that um, add up to this pressure. I think. Yeah. I uh I'm I'm really guilty of that. I like I've taken apps off my phone before, like just because I couldn't handle it. <laughs> and it's really interesting <laughs> now, like now that we're, that that's kind of like might be my job at some point, making an app or something like that. Like reading books and studying like the different ways to like hook somebody into using your app and like the um there's like this this hook mentality. I forget the name of it, but it's by Nir N I R E L. I think it's his e-y-a-l or something like that mm -hmm. he talked about like how to get somebody to um connect certain feelings to returning to your app 
and uh, and what kind of uh, dopamine hits you can give them uh, in order for them to keep staying on. Like he he said specifically, he's like, I don't want to um, uh, uh, get people addicted to the app because that's not responsible. But he's like, this is how you can get somebody to keep on returning to your app over and over again, making it like part of their daily routine. And I'm like, whew, okay, <laughs> that's interesting to hear. But um, but yeah, like uh, just as a, a warning, um, the <laughs> the the song uh, "Welcome to the Internet" is um really weird. So like, don't expect it to be normal. It's like just it's funny, but it's like super inappropriate. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but thank you so much for talking to me today. This is probably like one of my favorite podcasts that I've done. Um and uh it, it was really fun talking to you and it's funny that the first conversation that you have with someone where you hear their voice it's not just texting back and forth on linkedin it's like a two-hour long conversation in which i'm only <laughs> focusing on your voice it's like a weird way to to live my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks so much for having me i'm also uh very glad we we had this talk and uh like I love when conversations go natural and you don't really uh, like measure times so much or uh, or just try to think about what to talk next. I mean, it's it just it's best when it just uh, when you go with the flow, I guess, <laughs> and you certainly find that the. Uh, the song is weird because uh in Poland right now it's Friday evening, so I guess I shouldn't uh listen to anything else <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Well I, I really hope that, that you enjoy it. Uh and uh you might get to know me a little bit better because that, that kind of song is like my sense of humor. So if you find that funny, then we can be good friends. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. Uh, <laughs> So uh the the way that I, I close out the podcast is um uh it's it's cool when, when people listen to it and uh they might want to reach out to us or or anything like that. Um if if people are listening and they want to work with me on a project or they want to reach out to you and, and chat with you, uh I start out and I say how people can find me and then we'll end with you and then we'll end the podcast. Does that sound good? Sure, absolutely. Great. Alrighty. Well, um, hi, everybody. My name is Emily Giordano. I am a web designer and Webflow developer. And uh, it's it's my favorite thing ever. It's one of the coolest jobs. Uh, <laughs> I could do anything from uh, making kind of more like a static website where you want something that is like better than having a business card on you all the time you want all your information in one place and uh this is how they can reach out to you but it's not crazy fancy with all these animations and everything you, there's that end of the spectrum but then on the other end of the spectrum you could have a website that has uh people could log into it it could be really interactive you could be uh collecting a bunch of information you could be selling things on it like really there's there's hardly i'd say maybe no limits <laughs> to uh to using webflow um and so if you ever want to start a conversation with me or anything like that or if you want to come on the podcast uh and uh hang out there 
Um, you could find me at, uh, my email is emily, E-M-I-L-Y, at greatdesignlead.com. Or you could just find my website, which is greatdesignlead.com. And we are going to uh, finish up with Ben. So hi, everybody. Um, my name is Benedikt Zelinski, though it's um, easier to uh, to say Ben. <laughs> it's actually easier to um to introduce myself to um to non polish people because of my name uh, <laughs> so I am a webflow developer and u i u x designer so I can help with um auditing the website both in terms of the design and the development and um if you're having a website that uh you're not satisfied with and you're not seeing uh, the business results and it was just a website that may be old, may not perform well and may not give you the results that you would expect because ultimately the website is a sales tool. Uh, then you may want to consider reaching out to me if the US time zones uh, won't work for you uh, and you can't reach out to Emily. Uh, <laughs> so um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I think I'll be uh, the most uh, responsive there. So you can find me on LinkedIn by my name of Benedikt <laughs> Zelinski. You can uh, send me an email at zelinskiben.gmail.com. Um, and you can check out my website at benzelinski.com. I will probably be doing some relaunching of it uh, in a while, but uh, but uh, it is there to, to reach out. So um, yeah, I think that's it. And thanks so much for uh, having me again, Emily. It's, it's been super fun. Awesome. Well, all of that will be in the description. So nobody has to worry about spelling or anything like that. You could just find it there. Um, yeah. So, so thanks so much. And it was really fun. And I guess this is just a goodbye until next time. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, so, um, yeah, have a great day, probably, if you're in the US. Yeah, it's a, it's about 2 p.m. here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so plenty of Friday for you to enjoy. <laughs> Alrighty, well I will I'll talk to you then and have a great day. Absolutely. Have a great day too. Cheers.